Hey everyone, this is Jordan from New St. Andrews College. I just want to invite you to join us for our upcoming Perspective Student Weekend, which is from April 13th to 16th. This is the same weekend as the Grace Agenda Conference, so if you're headed over to Moscow for that, you can register your visit also for the Perspective Student Weekend at nsa.edu. Two great events, graceagenda.com and your Perspective Student Weekend here at NSA. Hope to see you there and enjoy the podcast. Have you? I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And here we are on uh, Monday afternoon. Working on it. Digging out of the swamps of the weekend. (laughs) It was a swampy weekend. It was. In multiple ways. I'm always amazed by the amount of just garbage that our life apparently produces. Yeah, yeah, we do. A lot of garbage churning. Um, Yesterday, you will enjoy this tidbit from our lives. We had no food in the house. Sometimes we have mm-hmm. no food in the house for altogether too long. Yeah. But what keeps happening is that there's events and things happening. Yes. So we have been to the grocery store. 92,000 times. But yep. you go and you buy stuff and then you have the people for dinner. And then in the morning there's still no milk. Mm-hmm. And you're yep. like, oh, right, we don't have bread. Yep. Oh, shoot, forgot about that. Why didn't I think of that? Well, I didn't think of it because we were quickly buying stuff for something else. So. Right. We've had all of these things going on and all the pastries and the things and the stuff. And uh, we did all that. So yesterday after church, we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was nothing for lunch at home. (laughs) Nada. Because we'd already been coasting on the fumes of the no food at home for some time. Mm -hmm. Offering each other cans of garbanzo beans (laughs) in times of need. Um, So we went to Pullman... It was like one of these really unplanned kind of like, we're like, we'll sure. go out to lunch. Well, we stopped at the uh, Fujiyama. Okay. It's no, no intention of going there. No, like, it was very funny that we ended up there. But it's a, is it hibachi okay. grill? Yeah. Oh, my word. It was like we took our kids to Disneyland. Oh, really? Oh, it was really funny. Like, and the when the first chef at the other table came out, so there were no, I don't know what they call themselves, grill masters out and about when we've... <laughs> Everyone. Okay, just close it and play. Shadrach was having It's not going trouble. well. Yeah. Technological difficulties. So anyways, we're, the first chef came out to people at the other table. So, you know, it's like the grill, the big flat top grill, and we're seated all around it like mm-hmm. at a bar. It's the okay. show where okay. they cook you all of your okay. food right in front of I you. I didn't even know we had one of these. Well, let me tell you, so funny because the guy that came out to do it at the other table, I don't think could speak very much English. So he filled the time with a lot of like random noise making and um, <laughs> like it was funny. Like he was just mm-hmm. saying, look at me, I'm a ninja. But he was like throwing the knives around, like the knives and oh. the spatulas and stuff. So he kept oh, saying, wow. I'm a ninja. And then he would say, happy birthday to you. Ha 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 ha. Like it was like <laughs> very funny while he's throwing knives and then like lighting up the fire, you know, at the yeah. grill, whatever. 
But Moses just turns to me and he goes, I like that guy. <laughs> and, and all the kids, yeah, that's fine. He can have a mini bagel. It'll be fine. So, anyways, he was, like, very funny. So then our guy came out and he was much more understandable. He was just telling jokes the whole time. But, like, throwing the eggs into the top of his hat and one into his pocket and then throwing the egg out of his hat and catching it on a spatula and tossing it up and down a bunch on the spatula and then cracking it on the side of the spatula. Oh man. And then, yeah. And oh my, it was like, we went, it really was like taking the kids to Disneyland on an afternoon when there was nothing. It was, (laughs) it was just so perfect and hilarious and fun. And then the onion volcano was also a real thrill where he, because they like put oil all over the grill and light it up so there's a huge flame at one yeah. time and there's all kinds of oh, stuff going sounds on. Sounds like a party. Yeah, he dumped, Total when he dumped party. all the veggies on the grill, Moses just kept saying, oh, that's my favorite. It's so tasty. It's so tasty. That's my favorite. And he did pilfer broccoli off of everyone else's plates. He was that just really going for it. But they did, um, the onion volcano was quite a thrill. It was a progressive stack of onion rings that he built. Mm-hmm. And then he put some oil in it and lit it on fire. So the little tower of onions <laughs> was flaming. And I and then, I can't remember, I think he may have put pepper in the flame. So it was like all these little sparkler sparks oh, coming man. out. And then later he put some kind of sauce in it and it boiled over everywhere and it was like this little steam engine of onion rings. (laughs) It was very funny but that was it ended up being one of those very fortuitously delightful things that you did. Like we were like that might have been a more expensive meal than we ever intended to take (laughs) our children out for but it was worth every moment of that's great. It was really fun. Your kids would get a kick out of it. Oh, I bet. It sounds like a party. Yeah. Meanwhile, I took my girls out and we bought fabric. We, it's that time again. Oh, I'm Uh yawning with, um, they have this protocol dinner coming up and I know we've talked about this before on the podcast where they go out for a formal evening. You've been listening to this podcast now. You know our life too well. It's happened. And you you know too much about it. You might remember last year I was wildly sewing an evening dress the day of the event which was not how I planned to do it but I think we're we're basically there again that's I think Becca's queuing up for that a repeat of that we're happy except worse because this year I have there's two I have to do three dresses but the the two that are formal Wait. oh my goodness yeah this is the three dresses. you had to do year. two last year last I year I did do two Bill. but they were but they were not at the same event because they do freshmen and sophomores do one juniors and seniors do a different one well this year we have two daughters back to back who are juniors and seniors so they're going to be at the same event both of them have to have floor length gowns I didn't I week, I'm going to be at during protocol next year yeah and then the next week I have to have the other dress but last year the two events were further apart I think so it wasn't as much anyway I have miles of fabric sitting in a lump at my house that has to be crafted into two evening gowns and <laughs> and they're very 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 different evening gowns from each other and we don't have a pattern for either of them we just have sketched out what we're gonna think we're gonna do about it and um 
Yeah. So. So with this is when are, we say to Becca, we say, "Bless your heart." Yeah. You just have fun with that. Yeah, that's where I'm feeling, and actually, they're going to be very, um, well, as I said, very different from each other, and well, yeah, I we'll see how this goes. I'll post pictures if and when we succeed. If we don't succeed, we'll just have to dig out your wedding dress and my wedding dress and we can send them both. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing awkward about that. Nothing that anyone would bat an eye at. Totally normal behaves. Here's a long dress that you can wear. It'll be great. Oh, my word. So, we'll see. But that's that's my, uh, my current shindig is that. So, I have a new project. What is it? A new old project. Okay. An old new one. Okay. How how best to phrase it. So, I remember back in the... I feel like it had to have been maybe the early 90s. Although, it may have been later than, later than that. Grandma Greensides saw that bedspread. A knit bedspread in the mm-hmm. Victoria magazine. Okay. And sent off for the pattern. Because that's the way the world worked then. Okay. That she spotted it and yeah. mailed in a reply card that she would like the pattern. <laughs> and um, she got it. And it's just the most appalling amount of work. Like, like a lot. Sure. I don't even know what size bedspread this thing was that she did. But the beginning instructions, it's like these little ribbed squares. Knit ribbed, like rectangles. Uh-huh. That are probably like three by... But they're ribbed, so they shrink. So they're probably like three by five-ish. And, like, the first step is to knit, like, 390-something of those. (laughs) Like, and they're knit with, like, crochet thread Uh held a couple strands together. Well, I remember... This is one of the only projects that she did that I remember her enthusiasm about it and starting it and wanting to show us when we'd see her, because it was a longer-term project, how it was Coming. coming. Yeah. And most of the time she was just, she was always doing something, but most of the things she was doing didn't have that long of a thread of talking about it. Like usually she just cranked stuff off and did Mm -hmm. whatever. And she was always deep in the throes of something though. And, um, anyways, so not very long ago, my aunt, well, no, it's probably a couple of years ago now, sent down some stuff, but she sent down the whole bin of all of the, his grandma really had aged out of being able to do it, but I think she knit all the pieces and did not assemble them. Okay. And I, when I got in there to look at it, I was pretty sure that she did not assemble them because she tried a few of the blocks and didn't like how they were going together because they did, like the seam didn't look she, that good. Yeah. She was a pretty precision kind of a person. Yeah. So I think she would not have liked it if the seam was yeah. looking lame. Yeah. She would have resisted. <laughs> yeah. So I think she probably just sort of got unentranced with the project at that point. But there are huge coils of knit, the edging that's like all coiled up and like then a cable border and then all of these half squares and squares and it is a little bit of a Are you doing it? You're putting it together? It's a little bit of a mind boggling unit when you open (laughs) up that bin. Well I've looked at it from time to time and when I started, this is back in the days. Now everyone, you know the recipe tutorials? It's like Melt your butter. Here are four photos of me melting my butter. Where you're like, we didn't need this much yeah. help. I don't need a photo of you with a diagram unwrapping the butter sticks. No. Like, I'll be yeah. good with that. You know, mm-hmm. like, 
Sometimes a picture brings in much needed information. Sometimes yeah. not. This pattern was before that time. <laughs> so the pattern just says things like assemble. <laughs> Doesn't like give you any leads on what they were hoping right. you would do. <laughs> you know, like just assemble, period. Right. So every time I've looked at it, I've gotten bogged down in it because I'm like, I start to put these blocks together. So she has a couple four blocks, yeah. like four pieces sewn together. But whenever I would go to put them together, they would, they were not matching up. Like instead of going opposite directions, they were going the same direction. Oh, okay. Cause they're supposed to, they're like interlocking, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, sure. Whatever. All of this is to say, I kept looking at it like, I don't know if like half of these are in backwards or something. Like, yeah. how does this not even fit together? But then, low, late last night, I had a breakthrough on this. Okay. On this and figured out how to put them together. And all of this is to say, it's a little tedious of me to get here, but I did, <laughs> I figured out how to get it together. So I am now going to assemble it because nice. it's not that actually difficult now that I know what the trouble was and then but I realized I'm gonna have to get mom to do some stuff but Lena and Daphne will totally help me and I was like then it will be one bedspread with four generations that worked oh that's pretty cool that's I was like see that's surprising to have undertaken a project no that's that could get through four generations that's pretty good (laughs) I feel like that ups the bar for levels of projects. well what's what's awesome is that it has a little block in the corner that you can put the date it was Mm -hmm. completed in like a little Mm. knit date I was like I think we're gonna have to figure out what that starting date was or put her initials in it or something did I tell you I have been working for way too stupid long on my entryway but did I tell you that I got my wallpaper up on the walls that I designed you did tell me Oh, you, you're not only, That's my only bit of triumph. Not only did you tell me, news. you showed me a picture of it. Oh, and well, it was very see, cute. I've, all, I've done that then. No, I'm just saying, like, my my uh, progress on craft anything right now is slow and tedious. But oh, I did. That's yeah. my one thing I did do. I got my wallpaper up, and I'm pleased about that. Well, but I have to tile the floor still. And I have weird... I have complicated feelings about crafting. I've joked before that I could write a whole book about the spiritual lessons of crafting that no one would want to read. (laughs) Because I always have too much to say about it. But I do believe that there is a legitimate thing that is having your hands busy is like... And I think busy not just scrolling. Busy with making something, (laughs) doing something is really um, a... I don't want to say being busy with your hands equals godliness in some kind of a weird way, but that it is spiritually healthy to be pursuing making or doing things or working with your hands or not being idle, like being Mm -hmm. making things. And one of the things grandma at Greensides was a real major part of my life on this because she was prolific at things, but it was also just like having so much to give well, just being productive. I do think idle hours are the sort of mark of our society. I mean, how much free time do we have to just a lot stare at our devices? Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things. Is I've always thought it was funny if you're like knitting in a waiting room. It's real likely that the person next to you will say something like, "I don't have time for that." Yeah, you've said that, but it's like, but I, you're like, but it's the same time that you have. <laughs> like I have this time, which but you also like, have as a as a nation. Yeah. We spend a lot of time 
that is free time. Uh-huh. You know, just drifting around without any real clear direction on what we're trying to accomplish. Right. And, so, and then I was just telling some girls this about when I got really more into knitting was when the twins, when I was pregnant with the twins, uh, and I had knit before then, but it was in that pregnancy I had to sit down more often because I would be having mm-hmm. contractions or like it was more of a, yeah, more of that kind of a pregnancy. And so in that time I started keeping my knitting, but where I would sit down beside it because I realized that I would just get wound up. Like if I sat down because I needed to take a rest, I would end up just sitting there going through the list of things I needed to do the whole time. Like I would sit there and be like, oh, I need to wipe that table off and then I should sweep that and then I need to take the garbage out and look how gross that table is and I should pick this up and I should do that. So it would just be like inventorying my work. Whereas if I sat down and grabbed my knitting, it was actually like a really nice little moment of vacation where you work on something that's like bright and cheerful and then when you're done with that, you go back to your work instead mm-hmm. of being like mentally consumed by what was which, right there. Which I think the thing is, I think one of the ways you said this is this can be spiritually healthy. Obviously it's not, it's not like a, one of the major virtues that you are knitting, but it's like just having an, I don't an know. idea I might of be willing to go <laughs> productivity, <laughs> just like somebody who's productive. <laughs> right. I think, and, and I specifically th- feminine, but what is the, what is the old proverb about the devil and idle hands? What's that about? Well, I want to say, do you mean the proverb the book of the Bible or the no, proverb about the idle ours. hands or the devil, well, devil's the, playground they, or something. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and I think like how often when you're just, you just are sitting for whatever reason and you just start scrolling around through the old social medias. And this is what we were talking about earlier. Eating you the, can get sucked into eating a the world. banana runts. I no. don't care. I don't care how many of you love banana runts. I stand by it that it's an unhealthy diet. No, I just mean, like, let's say you're listening to, or that you're sitting there, and so you just start scrolling through stuff. How much of our feeds are an attempt to get us angry about something, like? Always whip up some fury over this. Actually, actually, news I would story. I would change that. There are they, but there are a whole bunch of different sins that are clearly being peddled on the internet. Yes, anger is a big one. Another one is fear and anxiety. Yes, and then after that would be envy and covetousness. Lust, lust would be well, yeah. On my <laughs> feed, that's not usually suggested, but if you are going I'm just saying. going rogue on the internet, <laughs> lust is a big one. Uh, <laughs> It's not what they're trying to sell but me. I in think, the... But I think the, hopefully, the yes, you're wise enough to get past the lust But like envy episodes. would be, envy would be all of the ones that are, there's a lot of um, marketing that is based on envy. Like, I am so fit now. My eyelashes uh-huh. are so beautiful now. Mm-hmm. Why aren't yours? That's I love myself now. I am so happy with who I am now. Mm-hmm. I'm so fabulous. Yeah. Like, won't you, yeah. Yeah. Won't you be sad about not being me? Because if you, if you could only get what I have. Yeah. And anyways, but there's all that. And so you stop down to to like really wander through the marketplace of potential sins and and wasted time. The other side of the envy one that cracks me up though, is there's trying to just excite you to envy. Or the other one is 
promising that you'll be able to excite envy in, in others. others. And Which so would be the best world. <laughs> that's the one. That's when you've really achieved. Is Boy. when everyone else is envying you. That's when you know uh-huh. you've, you've really won at life. But the th- <laughs> but the thing is so envy and so sad. But but how much of this could be avoided by not just drifting in idle time? Because mm-hmm. um, because yeah, it's like well, what are I what are you doing? In my, I find in my own life if I spend if I waste time looking on the internet in some way you know like you want you know you sit down because you're tired yeah. but you just read articles that don't pertain to your life yeah in that time but but let's be honest though there are the ones where it's Sometimes like it, someone has put together a glorious montage of treadmill fails and when that oh, happens bless their heart the thing is is that that is time well spent okay okay but i have to say <laughs> i have to say because this just came up because we had the easter luncheon and of course we all remembered john dacre <laughs> because and and i said about this oh, no. it's what the internet was made for yes, like like if there was no internet we could not have our lives so enriched no. by my name is john dacre no and if you've never seen it guys look it up right now my it's name guy, is john dacre it's somebody recorded on VHS, a local programming piece of a recital. From when, the 80s, maybe? Uh, Early I don't 80s? know. But it is a fail on 12 <laughs> levels. Like, and so many questions. There's so many questions that you have about it. Because yeah. the first person who opens it up is like the end of one performance when it starts. Yeah. And then the lady at the piano gives her little interlude yeah. about how they all go to First United Methodist Church. Yeah, and she talks about that a bit, and then John Dacre, and you really have to watch him live. But oh, the, it's but so the good. question, I'm not sure which is paramount: how they got onto television, why <laughs> they were on television, who made a mashup of those two songs. Yeah, it's it's uh, Christ the Lord is risen today, and, and Amora, because <laughs> she says Amora, like when so, the moon and Amora hits your too. eye, like a big pizza pie. That's the song we're yeah, speaking of. Right after Christ the Lord is risen today, like a medley. And she's and she and he doesn't know the words to either of them. He doesn't know what he's doing. And she says, he's gonna sing a song that's real popular nowadays. It's like it's popular and it's Christ the Lord is risen today and then also Amara, okay? And then off they go. Off he goes and then Every element is precious because the accompanying piano begins and then right when he should begin singing, instead he says, my name is John Baker. (laughs) It's really good. You've probably all seen it, but it's what the internet's for. But have you ever thought to yourself, though, people are are so classically ridiculous that they, they have these moments, these pure wonderful moments that happen Uh and it's like but you know that's been going on the whole world over but with no like think of documentation think of like ancient assyrian blooper reels like (laughs) (laughs) like the thing is they were they were spartans going into war like who tripped on his shoelaces as he was yeah no It's so true like, that people were there, have been doing this forever. Were there talent shows in Babylon that were just really embarrassing? Like, who knows? Right. Who knows what was going on? But we have a little bit of a record. Yeah. So, I'm just saying that The point is, there are plenty there of are things blessings. that are... Yes, but the, the real thing that I would notice is that letting... I can be way more refreshed 
when I intentionally keep my mind with me in Uh my home instead of wandering so I can sit down and even read a book or read your Bible or knit or do something and but you're still like present where you are and you go right back into what you're need to be doing and and it's amazing how I mean we all know this how much time you can blow scrolling around on stuff that you're like you're not going to remember that or, in ten minutes. You're not going to remember. You're it. not even interested in. No, or worse than that, you get sucked into any manner of sin problems, of evil deeds that you didn't need to. Just well, because okay, you're killing like, time. If you can freak out about a situation that you obviously know nothing about, that is across the country from you in a community you don't know, with only one witness presenting a side, possibly with fake. Yeah. Photos of people. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you don't even know any of it. No. Like, didn't we see, we know a man who was in our church for a while who, um, well, I think he moved away, but, or he is here sometimes. But he was a model. And oh, yeah. we knew him to be a married dad of four, but there was some random pictures of him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because he was, like, in some stock photos. Yeah. And there was, like, an article circulating the internet of what this widowed man does with his children that's so brilliant. <laughs> with him at the top of it. And you just happen to have the weird insight that that's <laughs> this is not that. Up. This is a totally fake yep. story. Yep. And what are they trying to get you? Like, nothing about it was true. Right. And I think, and it acted like it was, like, a news report in an interview. I mean, it was acting like... Yeah. Like, let now, me give you the data. The thing on is, this. like, I I don't know. Have we talked about it before? We probably have. But when when Paul tells us to stay out of old wives' tales, it seems <laughs> a a little insulting. Like, really? Well, because he does specifically say because the women are gullible. Well, kind. Of, I mean, I don't think he says it quite like that. But the thing is, is stay out of the old wives' tales. Just stay out and. And we kind of picture somehow like medieval superstitions. And so we think we're immune from, from that. Like we don't need to listen to Paul because right. he's talking here about people that believed in like leeches or something for sickness. You know, like you, I don't know. He was talking. He um, was talking about before they had science. But old wives tales, I'm sorry. The internet is chock full. Replete with of old, old wives, wives tales. tales. And, but... Yes, and they're they're not, um, and often circulated by women who are, for whatever reason, enjoying getting whipped up about stuff, and that is another thing. Are you looking up the verse? I am totally looking it okay, up. Okay, read it. But to us. I was I was laughing at the different. Um, I it's a or really some translations pithy, are trying to be more tactful than others. Well, it's the ones where some people call it gullible. Some call it morally weak and spiritually dwarfed women. That's something. Oh. Silly and weak natured. He's talking about particular women. Not all women are gullible. Uh, no, because, yeah. But he's saying, he's actually talking about the people who, he's talking about the people who, who worm pray their way the, yeah, into those way. situations and prey on the gullible. Um, Can I just say, how on point is that with the interwebs? Yeah, like, talk like, about worming their way right into your pocket. And yeah, then you where pull you it stop, out and, drop, and uh, 
Okay, read. So that I, that I need to pull up more context. But it says, For this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Yeah. Boy, has that ever On happened. point. And, weirdly, how it Is that hap- the same? That's not the same passage where he talks about women who, who go from house to house. Um... Because that, too, is something that we can now do from the privacy of our own phones, is just spend all morning visiting... Okay, well, this is really on point. This okay. whole passage right, is incredibly on point with... Um, incredibly on point with the internet. Okay, go ahead. In all ways. It says, um, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never coming to the knowledge of truth. Oh, gosh, is that on point. Like, well, doggy dog. Like, (laughs) I suppose that long string of... Well, there's not old wives' tales anywhere in there. No, I think I looked up a different different passage. passage. This is Timothy. But that Um, is also relevant because... This is 2 Timothy 3. And it is... uh, It is so good because he's saying, don't be deceived. You know what I mean? Like, don't be deceived. Don't be vulnerable to these people wheedling your way in and Mm -hmm. making captives of you. And the thing is, like, you're... I love that. I love that being gullible, not so they can get something from you, but so they can control you now. Yeah. And and I think that, obviously, there's nothing wrong with technology or the internet. And it's a huge tool and an asset. But like any tool... It, you know, there's potential dangers with it as well. And I just think women, you know, you can say, oh, but it's so efficient. I have everything on my phone. No, but it's really fair to say that we've all seen women being led astray by by that. So much. It's not like something that's never come to pass. No, it's, it's amazing. And it, and... I just think, obviously, you can use your social media wisely, and you can use your phone wisely, and all of well, these I things. Well, I hope you are using and it wisely, because we all have them, probably. Yeah, but it also, like, it, it can be a huge boost in trying to be productive at home. But it can also be this major distraction away from it, where you can yeah. spend your whole day technically in your home, but being one of those women who just goes house to house. Have a night. And- and gossips the day away. their duties. Have I told you, I'm sure I have on here, how we, different things that we've done with our phones. Sometimes we put our phones, we called it the red, we had a red box in the living room. We just called it the red box and you'd put your phones mm-hmm. in it at a certain point to just keep, like in the evening, uh-huh. to just keep us from even, to make it so that you would really notice that you were pulling your phone out instead of like sure. pulling your phone out when you didn't need yeah. to pull your phone out. And, um, but then Luke and I will also, we set restrictions on each other's phones that's more it sounds like a it's not as weird as it might sound it's actually just because he knows the passcode to mine so and I know it to his so if he says hey take the internet off of my phone or takes I like it when I don't have the internet on my phone because even though it sometimes makes things a little bit more complicated most of the time it is you're just you makes you focus because you just can't get as easily distracted. Yeah. And I've said, I'm sure I've said this before, but to me it is because, um, 
I can stand reading an article on my phone in front of the washer and dryer thinking that I'm doing the laundry. Yeah. If it's on my laptop, I know full well that I'm sitting on my computer. I don't lose track <laughs> of what's happening. But on your phone, you just, it's yeah. easy to not know. And where of course, you are. it's a huge resource and a huge tool. But I think my point was more about the idleness. Like yeah. sitting idle, just vaguely scrolling around, mm-hmm. you know, is. Is honestly, yeah, what is it? We should figure out what that proverb is. Idle hands are the devil's playground. Uh, playground? I, I, that's what I thought it was. Anyways. Um, um, but we were earlier, we were talking about the anger problem. The women getting angry um, right, like, over various causes that they just... Idle's hands are the devil's workshop. Workshop. I was thinking it was that. Uh I think that there's a version of it that's a playground, but Maybe. I think it's the... Maybe. But but I do think um, it, is um, the devil's, it is the devil's workshop because you can get yourself caught up in... Well, no, that's a straight up... That's a proverb proverb. It's from Proverbs 16. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Idle lips are his mouthpiece. Okay. Um, but yes, you get angry in some passing anger about something. Yeah. And oftentimes, the reason you get angry about it is because you actually have an anger problem with something closer to you that you are not addressing. And so you're venting. You're basically like, well, let's let all the pressure out over here where no one could affiliate it so closely with. Or, no, people seem to just really genuinely get angry about things that they see online. I know, but my point was I think you have a problem with anger. Well, yes. That you are venting on something else. Because it's you know what I mean? Like, you're I, having marriage problems, so possibly. you're freaking out about someone over there. Maybe. I mean, it could be that. Or you just are an angry person. But I do think, uh, for whatever reason, we do seem to think culturally that being angry about stuff online is almost a virtue. Well, yeah, because we think that the the dumb marches and everything... Yeah, you know, like but, every kind of anger, we will no longer be told to be quiet. We will do whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like the outrage anger is yeah. admired right and, now. And the thing about that is God has words about that. Does like, he? Ever. We're not supposed to be angry people. No. And so if you're the kind of person that can get real mad about an article that you saw, um, the way we, we trick ourselves with this is we think it's righteous anger. We know that there is such a thing as righteous anger. And if we're angry at something that seems like injustice or it seems like sin, then we feel like that's fine. Because right. this must be righteous anger. Right. Like this must be godliness. But there's a kind of a major distinction between um, righteous and unrighteous anger. But even, I love that verse, is it in James? The... Um, Wrath of Wrath man, of does, man not does not produce the righteousness, produce of, the God. righteousness of God. Like you're not producing any righteousness no, with your wrath. You're not going to produce and anything. And that's why good. God. And that's why we're not supposed to go down with the sun. Let the sun go down on your wrath. We're not even like even if you were right and yep. righteous and everything, you sh- it will not keep well. No. It's like man. It will keep badly. It will be tomorrow. Full of worms. It will be maggots. <laughs> there like, will be maggots in what it. What today you think is doing good in the world, tomorrow will be breeding flies. Right. That's how it is. But the other thing is just why go searching around for things to be mad about? You know, because a righteous anger, ideally, is is like. There's something that can be done, you know, uh-huh. but what is it that you're planning to do? You just got mad at four in the afternoon about something happening in South Carolina. 
what are you going to do now with yeah, that? Yeah, what's your... Well, it's that whole, are you part of the problem or part of the solution? Probably, if you're not either of those things, you should bow out. And you can care. You can have opinions. You can have thoughts about it. But I just mean, the kind of person that gets emotionally wrapped up with it and angry. It just seems like that's one of the ways that, that idle time ends up having a real detrimental effect. It's a real effect. disservice. Like, well, what if, what could you do in your time that might actually leave something yeah. positive? Or if you fall into envy, then you spend your afternoon, you come out more discontented with your own home or with your own children right. or with your own wardrobe or with your own body. Um, yeah, like taking a quick trip to the discontent depot. For, <laughs> like, and know yourself. Like, know your own temptations because... because People really are vulnerable in very different places. And I think worry and fear is a big one for women. They can get all caught up in, I don't know, medical articles, um, things, nine things you're feeding your family that are killing them dead right now. You know, I have talked, I have used this illustration before, but worry and fear a lot of the time is like a salesman, a really brash, pushy salesman at the door who just keeps pounding on the door. Mm-hmm. And that women often eventually like crack the door to just take in the promotional materials and <laughs> and then spend a bunch of time looking over the looking over the color catalogs of all the stuff he might be selling you right. and then you know like instead of just saying no you're not welcome here you know what i mean like go yeah. away yeah goodbye no they end up in long negotiations yeah, with and, with the worry or with the fear, yeah. like now we're in a really entangling conversation, and I might have given it my credit card number. <laughs> like, uh-huh. and it's like now I'm getting happened. pretty soon we're going to be in a full fledged like identity theft problem. <laughs> but right now we're just. In but the, I think like where are things that you see that I medical ones are huge. Um, women can get really fearful. Yeah, I think in that. the in the. Christian, well, part of the Christian world, there's probably a lot of that kind of fear mongering about just about like not trusting God for your children, but having all of these like it's like the ricochet to self help. It's there's like self help, like you can do all this by yourself, you can do all this parenting mm-hmm. if you just do all of these things. Like, so the anxiety comes in and thinking mm-hmm. my kids will turn out only if I have sensory exercises. <laughs> glitter in a bag full of jelly for them to play with or something just like amazing things that you have to go through jump all these hoops and do all of this and then your kids will turn out and then later the ricochet from that in that is usually some kind of a bitter a bitter resentment about even though I did everything they didn't turn out like even (laughs) though I cut every grape into quarters for their whole life you Uh know Uh everything. And they took every supplement. Oh my goodness. I have to tell you this. Yesterday we're driving. So we drive a Suburban. So we're up higher. This is is connected. I got killed by this. And I almost put on Facebook. And the reason I didn't is because I thought then everyone would start criticizing this person. And actually I just thought it was epically funny. Like I was like, what the heck did we just pass? Okay. We're up a little higher. We pull up at a stoplight. And I look at the car next to us, and in the back seat is a rec- is a little baby in an infant seat. Okay, might have been older, but it was not a toddler. It was sure. a reclining bucket, like a yeah. like a bucket seat. 
with a full family sized bag of Cheetos open. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody else in the back seat. Like, no, it wasn't like the baby could have taken this from someone. And it was open. So I think the baby was eating the Cheetos. Like,. <laughs> moment of like oh my goodness that is like the funniest thing I've ever seen but I would not have uh, thought that I. the problem is I would not have done that if it had been my child because I would have been concerned about me driving and having them choking on a Cheeto or putting their whole head in the bag or something happening mm. but all the same it was a good moment <laughs> Like, what? That's Who good. hands their infant like a family snack bag of Cheetos? <laughs> that one time I did desperately hand some child in the back a Gogurt, but they oh. weren't, I don't think, in a reclining infancy. But that was a regret that I had later <laughs> when I was like, sure. wow, mm-hmm. that went everywhere mm-hmm. more than I even anticipated. Oh, indeed. So anyways, the point being like living in so much fear or trying to make yourself feel better by being outraged at what other people are doing with their children. Like maybe I'm just no fun at all, but at least my kids only wear hemp clothing. (laughs) Like maybe I am the worst in all the land, but at least I'm not her. You know, like Uh at least I'm not Uh that or comparisons and envy and. Yes, indeed. And I do think circling back around to where we were at the beginning, I just mean, um, sure, if you decide to take up painting, and so you're sitting there at your desk painting a picture, it's true that your mind could wander into sinful places. It could. You could could sit there painting, thinking about how much you hate your friend, or how much your sister wronged you or you could be discontent right. while you're painting. It's not it's not like well, having weirdly, something to it's not like having something to do with your hands makes you immune from that. But you're you're slightly in a better position no, I to think combat I that. Think that you're not actually I think that the mental energy and the work that goes into trying to creatively do something is not being like does not that work does not feed this certain thing right. it's kind of like it's not that it can't happen yeah. but it is it's like think when certain things are left at room temperature some are really unsafe so for bacteria kind of like and some are actually okay like a cookie fifth, can sit around yeah. at room temp for a long long time and nothing will go wrong with it but like potato salad well, in a minute this is like the fifth grade uh, challenge where they they each have to bring in something to have it mold. Mm-hmm. They have a mold mm-hmm. contest. And some things just don't mold so hot. And yeah, they one of my girls won the mold queen title because I think mm-hmm. on strawberries. I think it was strawberries. Mm-hmm. But it's just like yeah, some things are such an active host for the stuff to grow on, and other things they provide the. And it's amp- like sure, the- yeah, the cheese got a little bit of a crusty edge, but it didn't grow big puffy blue mold on it the way the strawberry did or whatever. Right. And so I just think having something to like, do. Be aware. But the, the thing is, is like like that, it's environmental factors foster certain yeah. certain places. And like there are ways of living your life that is creating an environment for footholds for yeah. all kinds of things. And it is really not a big deal to 
get out of that. Like, uh-huh. you know what? If every time I do thus and such, I then struggle for a week with being content with yeah. my house. Well, maybe you should think about not doing that first yeah. thing. Yeah. And I find that the creative kind of work is really positive because it is good for you. It's mentally challenging. I like that. That was what I was going to say is that when all my four oldest were all really little and it was just so many babies, there was no, um, it was not a lot of like, it was hard to talk on the phone because mm-hmm. you had people that needed you the whole time. Like mm-hmm. you should kind of be present and not yeah. like mentally elsewhere. Yeah. And so I needed to be, I was hard to do that. And I was at home by myself with them and not yeah. really getting out very much. And so in that time, knitting for me was a really, I, I mean, therapeutic seems like almost too strong of a word, but it was in the sense that I always tried to have two projects, one that was like kind of mindless, like I didn't need to pay attention to the pattern, mm-hmm. and one that would actually be challenging. And I can remember like giving my kids a bath and thinking the whole time about like, how would you make that shape or how would you do this or how would you and it was like it was like brain teasers and puzzles at a time when most of my work was very yeah but I think too there's something it's not like we're just saying find something to occupy yourself like take up juggling um because I think there is something like specific about creativity in the home Mm-hmm. that has far greater significance than just, oh, it kept me off the internet for the afternoon. Oh, well, totally. Yeah. You know, like there's not, one thing I would say about that is that while it was challenging me and it was fun for me and I love colors and I love fiber and I love that whole side of it, I was having to learn new things. But at the end, I had a sweater for a child I love. Mm-hmm. Like that all of the love of the thing I was doing yeah. fu- came right back into the home. So it was not me trying to escape. It was right. not me trying to not be doing or, what I was if doing. if you just decide that you want to... That's wanna, true of cooking. Yeah, I was going to say cooking. You want to you get good at whatever, braising meats or something. So you decide to really try and throw yourself at that and you're going to try different things and you're going to experiment and you're going to get new cookbooks and you're going to do this. You know, there's so much more benefit to it than just... Oh, at least I wasn't on Pinterest all day. Oh, totally. It didn't just spare you something. You came away with something positive. You're actually feeding something into your home. Lanair Banks telling me when I was taking cooking classes from her that her husband bought her a cookbook. I think it was Julia Child, The Way to Cook, but it it might have been something else. might have been a silver spoon or silver palette or something. Anyway, she said he called it the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and yeah. and that is a thing that you want your work to be. And I will say, obviously, I like knitting. And obviously, I don't think everyone needs to knit. But I will say that it was something that gave me repeated joy. Which is that you made it. You enjoyed making it. You enjoy seeing your baby in it every time they wear it. You enjoy putting mm-hmm. it away to save for them for yeah. when they have kids. It's like a, it's a thing yeah. that you have invested yourself and your love into your home in yeah. a different way. Or decorating your house. You know? Yes, totally. Just, just deciding to give everything a big freshen up. And so you're going to tackle bestow that. some love on it. Yeah. Bestow. And I think that that's kind of the thing we're talking about is bestowing love in all of these little ways. Right. Instead really, of putting your love in a whole bunch of never again findable internet cubby holes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like where of... I put time and energy into stuff that I don't care about. I or don't remember. you're spending all your day looking at pictures of spaces that other women have put love into. Yeah. Like that. It, like, and if it's not turning into you. Right. Doing something yourself, it might not be that productive. Yeah. Anyways, that's a whole lot of whole lot of talk about my knitting I said I could write a really boring book about this and I may have just hosted a boring podcast about it but nonetheless <laughs> I encourage all of you to think outside of the one thing that is unfortunate is that my, like now it's not really well no there's branches where it's cool to have done it yourself but it's not generally considered awesome to bust out your handwork all the time. No, that's... It's considered cool to have done it in private sometime in a more artistic way. If you're all artsy-schmartsy about it, not... Mm -hmm. But it's still not that cool to be domestically loving. No. It's not usually received with great laud and honor in the world. (laughs) So you have to do it for reasons that you actually know why you care. Like, you know, like, I love my children and I want them to know I loved them. And I always tell my kids it's kind of a joke that when I knit them something... Where I would say, like, I would say, did you know what this says? Because it was all the, all the little stitches, all the yeah. little V's. Said, Do you see all these V's? And they're like, yeah. I said, do you know what this says? We always joke that every stitch says, I love you. So, like, a sweater says, I love you, I love you, I love you, like, 10 million times. Yeah. But I do think, too, that there there's another element of it that, like, let's say you're cooking, but you don't have kids to cook for. You don't have a family to cook for. There's the side of it that it's like, but you know what? You are learning about God's creation. Mm-hmm. You're getting better at something that he's equipped you to do. You're learning to enjoy his gifts and more. And even being hospitable to yourself because that's who God gave you. Like yeah. set your table. But if, if be you pretty, went, you know, like if you went and saw Riot in the dance, that one of the things that I really loved about it is like, just look in your own backyard and just see what God is doing there and, and mm-hmm. be an audience, like be an actual audience to this art that he's put everywhere. And I think the same thing can happen in the kitchen when, mm-hmm. even if it's just you living alone, it's, you can appreciate the what world God, God has you. given you and you can, you can actually take the time to really relish it. And speaking of right in the dance, there's an encore showing. So if yeah. you did not see it the first time. April 19th, I think it will be in theaters again. So you should make sure that you... You totally should. That should be our catch tip. catch that the second time. Our tip is to go to the second Riot in the Dance. Exactly. That'll be fun. And all right, well... I have to go yeah. show some ball gowns. Thank you all for coming. All right. See you next Bye. time. I'm a... 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. Three kids at Logos, one at home still, and I do flowers on the side out of our house. When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize, I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth. I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I'm a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you 
take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu.